0: Uh, we want to say uh, um, thank you to our um, family uh, that's in Liberia. We appreciate uh, our you know, sister church there in Liberia. But this morning we want to deal with some things that are that so familiar but yet not familiar. Uh, we invite your attention into the book of Philippians. Is where we're going to begin today in the book of Philippians. Because we want to deal with the cost. We always talk about the resurrection. Well, and we are sometimes totally misled about what it literally actually means. There's, it's deeper than what we think. So the book of Philippians chapter number three is where we're going to, to begin our teachings this morning. Amen. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we ask now in the name of Jesus that you would just clothe us, Father God. And Father God, let your anointing rest upon me and let me decree and decree your word. Hide me behind the cross. And God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for what this day means to us. We just praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to talk about the cost of following Christ. The cost. The cost. And at the, in the book of Philippians chapter number three, and we're going to start reading at verse number seven. Verse number seven says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, <laughs> worthless, that I may win Christ. And verse 9 in the book of Philippians chapter number 3 says, and be found in him uh, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which of God by faith. Verse 10 is the keynote, is the key verse we want to deal with. He says, Paul is saying this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of. Of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Now we want to talk about the cost. We want to, first of all we want to deal with the resurrection. We understand that that when it comes down to the resurrection, we've always stopped at the fact that Jesus died, he was buried, and he was resurrected on the third day. But we stop at that and it goes much deeper, it goes much further than that. So let's really look at the meaning of the word resurrection and its purpose and what Christ literally done uh, when he went to the cross and he died, resurrected on that third day. But what is the, the main purpose of the resurrection? Now. The meaning of the word resurrection means it is the restoring of the mind and body to its original state. We have to understand that that Adam failed, and because he failed, then what happened is we needed a savior. We needed someone to bring us and put us back in our original state, spirit, soul, and body. And so, therefore, most people stop and they always say, well, I, I, I can't do that. Um, you know, I, I'm having a hard time. I've got this flesh. But we're going to have to understand some things. Now, our mindset is about uh, like Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was a teacher. Uh, he was a teacher. But yet, when he talked with Christ, he did not understand what it meant by being born again. Now, most saints do not understand what it really means to be born again. We think it's just mere salvation, but it goes beyond that. The word being to be born again, that word there means to be uh, have procreated power from above. So what Christ did was he restored us back to that power, that procreated power that we have from above. Most times, most Christians do not operate in that power, okay? But we're talking about the resurrection here. So in order for that to take place, for our mindset to get on the same uh, 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 spiritual realm as Christ, then there has to be a change in our mindset. We have to have a conviction, first of all, that God is a spirit. And that when God created man, He created man with with power like Himself. So many saints are powerless, but they don't understand they're really not powerless because when Christ rose, He put them back. He put us back into our original state with power, and just the way He has. Now, what He did was it lifted man, uh, the whole man. See, man is made up in three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. And the only way we can operate in all three, we have to have a renewing of the mind. There has to be a transformation of the mind. If there is no transformation, we will continue to walk in the old way, not understanding that we got power. Okay? Now, let's go to the book of Romans, chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. We am going to walk through the scriptures a little bit. Romans chapter number 12. As we did with the resurrection and the cost of it. Now, in the book of Romans chapter number 12, we want to read verse number 2. Verse number 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Transformed. Now, tr- Transformation is a process that takes place. It's from one form to another. It's like it's like the butterfly, the metamorphosis. You know, it, it changes. So God is saying to us, we must be transformed by the what renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. See, the mind has to be renewed. We will always live on the lower state or the lower plane within our lives and operating in in the flesh until our mind is renewed. And when our mind is renewed and there's a transformation, then things will change. We'll think differently. We'll act differently because we know then we operate and we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we have to understand that. Now... Dealing with the resurrection, a long time we said, "Well, we know that we, you know, in the last day we're gonna we're gonna be resurrected, we're gonna get be caught up, and we're gonna meet God in the air." Now, let me show you something else that what God is saying: resurrection for mankind is really now. There's two resurrections. There's one now where we have on this new mindset, and the other one is in the final day. Now, yes, Jesus Christ resurrected, right? Now, let's go. Some of y'all are looking very strange. I'm going to show you something. Let's go to the book of St. John, chapter number 11. St. John, chapter number 11. Because, see, what's happening here, our mindset has to be renewed. Now, we have a lot of teaching, but it doesn't go any further than, I almost said, first grade level. But anyway, anyway, we we, want to take us a little bit further, okay? Now, St. John, chapter number 11. Are we there? Because we want to deal with this resurrection and understanding what Christ literally done for us. Uh, when, he, when he resurrected, he restored man back to his original state. Three, the three-part man. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, uh, St. John chapter number 11, looking at verse number 21. The story here is talking about uh, Martha, whose brother had Lazarus, who had died. And Lazarus means the assistance of God. Now, Martha also means bitterness. See, sometimes when we don't want to hear what the Spirit is saying, we will operate in a spirit of bitterness, okay? Now, we'll see the spirit of bitterness in this text, but we're also going to see something and learn something about the resurrection. All right, verse number 21 in St. John chapter number 11. Verse 21 says this, Then said Martha unto Jesus. Now, Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God, all right? And it goes on, he's our deliverer. He says, Then said Martha unto Jesus, uh, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother hath not died. Verse 22 says, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Now look at the dialogue here. Verse number 23. Jesus says unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Okay? Jesus said, listen, your brother will rise again. See, and then it goes on to say, in verse number 24, A Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again. When? In the resurrection. and what? Last day. You see where her mindset was? Her mindset at that point is the same place that mankind's mindset is today. That he's going to rise again in the last day and the resurrection. That's that final resurrection. But look at what Jesus Christ says here in the next verse, in verse number 25. Now, verse 25 says, Jesus said unto her, what does he say? I and the what? He said, I am the resurrection. If Christ says, I am the resurrection, well, what does that word resurrection means? Besides being restoring man back to his original state, it means the recovery of spiritual truth. See, the recovery of spiritual truth is knowing who we are in God. That when Christ died, on, on went to the cross. When he died, he was buried, he resurrected. He restored us back with power. Why do we have so many powerless Christians? Well, we've been restored with power. We have power. We, we, we have power. And Jesus, said, he said, She was like, okay, God, yeah, I know he's going to come back. I know he's going to come back in the final resurrection. He's going to be raised up in the final resurrection. And Jesus said, listen, I am the resurrection. That's what he says. I'm the one with recovering spirit of truth. He said, your mind has got to be renewed. And most saints will not allow their mind to be renewed because they still deal with first truth. Well, well, Brenda, what is first truth? First truth is your first teaching that you got. The first teaching that you received when somebody stood here and tried to explain to you what the Word of God says. They did not... Tell us that when He when Christ resurrected, when He restored us, He restored us not only through salvation and deliverance of salvation, but He restored man back to his original state with power. Three parts spirit, soul, and body. But what happens is mankind just operate most of the time in the soulless realm. Now, the soulless realm means your mind will and your emotions and we know about emotions right <laughs> that's what most mankind we don't operate in the spirit see the word of god says and i'm getting ahead of myself but the word of god says if you walk in the what spirit amen It says, if you walk in the spirit you will not fulfill the lust of the what flesh that's what the word says so that means we're we've been taught more of uh, um natural things, then we are spiritual things, and we do not know and understand that we can operate in the Spirit. We can walk in the Spirit because we've been restored there, and the only way we're going to get there, we've got to have a renewing of the mind. Now let, let me say something next to you, it says, um, uh, what the Holy Spirit gave to me, he says this, now the, the body, the flesh is just an errand boy, our flesh, our body is just an errand boy either it's going to carry out the wishes of the spirit or it's going to carry out the wishes of the soul it's going to carry out one or the other now the soul is remember now the, the will and, and our emotions okay so it's going to either carry out what you're feeling you might be feeling things lately in your body you know you, you know you know, we get mad and get upset hey i do so i'm really carrying out the will or the soulless man because the will is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And so when I'm in my emotions, then the body is going to carry that out. Whatever the, whatever the, whatever's going on in me, <laughs> then that's what's going to happen. But then if I stay grounded asking the Holy Spirit to help me, then I will walk in the Spirit and then the body is going to carry out the wishes of the spirit, Amen. Can can we handle that? Can we handle that? Can we break first truths, Amen? I know what we've been taught, but I also know what the Bible says, Amen. I know what the Bible says, Amen. Now, Jesus says this. We're going back to John chapter number eleven. Jesus tells her, He says, "I am the resurrection and the life." Now, oftentimes when we talk about life, that's another thing we've got messed up. Jesus says. Life is not in the abundance of things. But what man has told us is you've got to have all this stuff, and, that's, and they call that life. No, I call that a whole lot of misery and a whole lot of debt. Amen. Because you've got a whole lot of stuff, you've got a whole lot of debt, and you've got some misery, because you're going to worry about how I'm going to pay it, right? And, and God forbid if he sends a tornado or a hurricane or a flood, God, we do not have a job. Uh, we, everything is wiped out. What are we going to do? We go crazy. We've known people, that, you know, that they, they have lose all their money at the casino. They go jump off the building. They're caught up in the money. That's crazy. Life is not in the abundance of things. Please remember that, saints of God. Amen. Then he says this. He says now. He said not only does he say, uh, the, uh, "I am the resurrection and the life." He says, "He that believeth in me." though he were dead, yet shall he live, and whatsoever and whosoever liveth and believeth in him, meaning meaning Christ, shall never die, he says, you believest thou this. Now, let's drop down to verse number 39. Remember now, the word Martha means bitterness, because see, sometimes we struggle about hearing the word of God, and we don't want to change that, right? Because of those first truths we've been taught, amen? Now, Verse number 39 says this, Jesus says, take away the stone. He's telling the Martha, take away, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he's been dead four days. Now, that word stone, that what Jesus is saying, remove that mindset. See, that stone is that mindset. Because see the mindset do not want us to believe and know and understand the power God has already given us through the resurrection. He's telling Martha, he said, I am the resurrection. You don't have to wait till the final day. He said, I'm right here now. I've given you all that you need right now. Now, here's what happened, what we allow Satan to do. Now, let's move over to still in St. John chapter number eleven. Let's move to verse number 44. Verse number 44. Are are we we there? Are we there? Are we apprehending? All right. Verse 44 says, And now this is after he's uh, he's been buried. Talking about Lazarus being assisted by God. Now, verse 44 says, And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound, that was about with a napkin. And then Jesus said unto him, "Loose him and let him go." Now let's take this verse to the spirit realm. Uh, we, we naturally, we automatically go to 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 the Lord thinking, but let's go to the mindset of Christ and let's operate in the spirit. And this is what most uh, saints. No talk about the world, folks. We know Satan already got them, okay? But look what it says. He says the one that was dead, and he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Now, if somebody is dead, and I understand that's what they did back in the day, but we're going to bring it to right now. If someone is deceased, passed on, and they're in the grave, why would you bind their hand and their feet? Why would you bind their hand and their feet? See, this is what Satan has done to the saints. Well, let's see. Now, the word hands there means power. Satan wants to bind our power. See, Christ has already said, now, you can remove the stone, remove the thinking. Because you've got to have a renewed mind in order to receive spiritual, uh, spiritual teaching. So he says, we hear, see here in the scriptures that the thing that's bound, that Satan does, he binds our hands, he binds our power. We don't operate in the power Christ has given us from the very beginning. Uh, and then the next thing it says is that bind his foot. Now, his feet or his foot is your foundation. Your foundation in Christ. And well, how is it bound? Now, let me show you something from First Truth. It says, with grave clothes... And his face was bound with a napkin. Well, what are those grave clothes? You know what grave clothes are? Grave clothes are the traditions of men. That's what those gl- brings it to, to, to today's understanding. Grave clothes is traditional, the traditions of man. Okay, let me give you a tradition. And for a long time, I followed it. Just big for a long time. They used to tell me all the time, and I believed it. Couldn't wear makeup. Hello. Couldn't wear a pair of pants. You're going to hell. That tradition of man. Now, we had a, a, a couple that came here, and I, I think uh, she said she was a prophet or something. A prophet I don't know what she was, but I was preaching, and I had on some pants. She told me she couldn't come in no more because I wore pants. I was a preacher in the pulpit wearing pants, and I was on my way to hell. Now that's the traditions of man. God's going to care what you have on, God's concern about what you have in your heart. So Satan has bound us with gray clothes The traditions of man. Man can tell us so much, but yet can be so wrong. Man will tell us, oh, you're not good enough. You know, you didn't come from the right side of the track. You didn't come from the right family. You know, if you don't do it this way, you know, you, you, you're, you're, not going to, you're not going to be with Jesus. All kinds of foolishness. No! No! This is many folks that's going to hell. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. That's not saying you're going to have a whole lot of them that's in the church that, that profess the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Word of God says, many say, Lord, Lord, but he said they ain't going in. So what about what's in your closet? Saints. Because, see, saints got stuff in their closets, too. We want to pretend we got it all together. And we want to pretend, you know, who are you fooling? Because anybody that has a discerning of a spirit or have any type of discernment knows that none of us have arrived at all. And, but yet, you know, we want to we put that person down, put that person down. But yet, we got stuff going on in our own life. Oh, is this? Well this you know, I don't I don't do that. I don't well, let me tell you. You know when you when you when, when you get behind on your bills, I'm, I'm gonna come into, I'm gonna come right into your house through the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see that telephone ringing and you know it's that, that person that you owe that bill collector. You don't answer the phone, right? Now if you knew who that was, you'd answer that phone, right? But yeah, we thank you, Jesus, on Sunday morning, Hallelujah, praise God. But we just told a lie when we pretended we weren't at home, and we didn't want to answer the phone. Hello, or can we get real in the house? We can get real. What's wrong with picking up the phone and telling that 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 vehicle hey, I, I got to make some arrangements. I don't have it now. That that's more respectable and more honored by God. Or some of us are, don't don't let your children answer the phone. Tell them I'm not here. Wait a minute, you're you in the house. But we're declaring that we're saved, sanctified, and Holy Ghost filled, right? Now you tell me what's, what's, what's Holy Ghost saved and sanctified about that when you're tell, teaching your children to lie for you. Can we get real? Amen. Oh. But there's a cost of following Christ, okay? Now, the, 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 Lord, now, the one other thing we're going to do in this scripture right here. Now, in verse number 44. Not only does Satan bound our power and the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, and we're, we're, we are bound by the tradition of man, okay? But then it says this. And his face was bound with a napkin. Well, who is that face? Why, why Why? is it that Satan wants your face bound? See. When you look in a mirror, see you—you you are a reflection of Christ, and see Satan do not want us to know who we are, because if he can bind our face, then he'll know that we will not ever discover who we are in God. We are made in the likeness and the image of God, so so all this stuff takes place. All this, you know, and Satan does some things to all of our lives. He makes us think we would. We're not enough Christ loves us all Stuff and everything else Amen But there's the cause Now let's go back Let's go back Let's go back to the book of Philippians Let's go back to the book of Philippians Now Something in in this text Paul wanted to know He says There's something else I want to know He says I understand I understand I I know all about I I know all about uh, God You know I have the knowledge of of who God is. He's the creator. He's the creator and sustainer of the universe. He said, I know him as Lord. I know that. I know him as Elion. I know that the most time. He also says, he said, I know him as Shaddai uh, because he's the almighty. He's all sufficient. He says, I know him as Jehovah. He's unchangeable. He's faithful to his covenant and he's faithful to his promises. He says, I know him as a daughter, but he's a possessor of the absolute control. He said, but there's something I am missing. Now, looking at verse number 7, going back to verse number 7, Philippians chapter number 3, it says this. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Those things that was gained for him. Those things that, that meant so much to him and so much of the things that that means to us today. Now, understanding the word Paul there means uh, uh, restrained or uh, coming to the end of oneself. When we come to the end of oneself, then we will have a problem as kind of those things that we have gained, amen, as lost. And the reason why he wanted to know Christ even the more. He knew Him as God. He knew Him as, as the sustainer of the universe. He knew Him as the Almighty. Yeah. He knew Him as, as one having absolute control. But He wanted to go on a more personal level where most people have not yet gotten to. A more personal level with Christ. Now, there are some things now they have to give up. He says, I counted all things as lost for Christ. Now, what is it? That we have to give up Because there's a cost now For following Christ There's a cost Now Some of the things We have to give up Is prestige hmm, Come from the right family Right on the right side of the track Okay Fame You know know, People love fame We have to give up some honor Okay We have to even give up our reputation Because you know A lot of times We think it's all about us But it's not Uh Uh-uh we have to give up our popularity because it's not about us. It's about Christ. See, all these things come with the cost of following Christ and it also deals with the resurrection. You know, and even sometimes it costs us relationships. Have you ever been walking, had a good friend, and when you really got connected with Jesus, that friend became distant from you? See, that, that's a cost in following Christ. There are some relationships they cannot go where you're going. Because when you're going in Christ, that means, and they're not going that way. That's a relationship we don't need. And then sometimes in following Christ, you'll lose friends and you'll lose family. Anybody lost friends and family because you've been following Christ? See, all of that goes with following Jesus Christ. It's a a cost of following Him. But there's also a gain. Now look what he says in verse number 8. Because he says, yea, doubtless, he says, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He says this, he says, listen, all those things that I thought was important, he says, I count them as dung. I count them as ruin because what it is, I want to know him on a personal basis. I want to know Christ on a personal basis. Then he said, I want to excel. Oh, the word excellency that means to excel in the knowledge of Christ. To excel means you want to gain. You want to be, you want to be the best at it. You want to, you want to give it your all in all. Because see, God is an excellent God. But we want to excel in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We want to know Him. We want to know Him, and as Paul says, and the power of His resurrection. The only way we can know Christ is we've got to spend some time with Him. Right? And most people do not like to spend time with Christ. Spending time with Christ we call boring. And spending time with Christ means Taking some time to get to know Him. Well, how am I going to get to know somebody I, I can't see? Well, let me tell you when, you. when you find your quiet time and your time you set aside for the Lord, and when you set that time aside and you spend that time with God, and you be still in your meditation and, and, and having praise and, and adoration for Him in your heart and in your spirit, you will hear that voice speak to you. And you will get to know. Uh, one time I, I began to speak, uh, I spoke about how God knows what we need. But we just need to seek He first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all these other things that will be added. And in that text, it also talked about how he, he feeds the, the fowls of the air. He talks about, about the grass, how it comes up and how beautiful the flowers. Now, every time I hear the birds chirp, I'm reminded of the scripture of God said, Don't worry about nothing. I got this, Brenda. See, when we connect that word with what God what God gives us, all we got to do is be still. We can't be still. Huh? Oh, Sister Brenda, we don't know how to be still. We live in a world that's microwave and we can't we got to go go, 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 got to be able to move all the time, right? And most times we call that God. Excuse me. We're moving faster than we think. We're moving faster than the Lord. Oh, I got to go this. We got to go this. No. If you do it correctly, the first time, it will wear you out. Right, saints, those this past week, been doing those food boxes and handing out food. Well, the end of yesterday, midday, we were completely wore out. We're not looking to do it again next week. We're looking at months down the road. Amen. You don't have to go somewhere every day. I've got to go do this for the Lord. I got, but when you're going to spend some time with the Lord so you'll know what to say when you meet people because God says, you don't know what to say. But in that very hour, He said, I'll give you the words to speak. But in order to have those words to speak, we've got to be still. We have to be still and hear what the Lord says. We have, we have to, that's right be still and know that i am god be still and know how do you get to know him same way you got to know them boyfriends and them girlfriends in the day amen the same way you got you got this had to have the sweetheart or you have the sweetheart now or you have your wife or your husband you spend some time with them right that's how you got to know that individual you couldn't wait. I don't know about y'all, but it was me. If you could, if it was to the point where you didn't want to wait, that mean that wasn't the right one, no way. You know that was, that, that was a flesh deal, okay? That that wasn't the real thing. You know what I'm saying? But to, you wanted to spend time with them. You couldn't wait to, to to hear that voice on the phone. You couldn't you couldn't wait. You want to stay up half of the night talking on the phone. Half the time you are taking a nap while you are talking. You know what I'm saying? You laid a long time on that phone. They say you drifted off to sleep a little bit. Then you wake back up. But but you still want to be that connected, right? You still want to be. Hey, some of y'all, be real. It, it ain't been that, old, that long. I'm sure it had not I mean, I, I know how old I am now. And I still remember. So if you don't remember, then you've got a problem. You need to got to restore some mindset. Amen. But it's the same way with Jesus Christ. He wants us to spend that time with Him so we can get to know Him. Paul says, I, I don't want none of this. He says, I want to know Him. And in order to know Him, you will have to know the power of the resurrection. So there's some things in the power of the resurrection. When it comes down to that resurrection, we have to know that God has restored us the spirit, soul, and body. And from that... He gave us the power back. And then he says, and this is what most saints say right here, the latter part of this, and we're done. The latter part, he says, Oh, that I may know of him, in verse number 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Most of us don't want to suffer. Fellowship. Close contact. Fellowship. We're going to fellowship. Spend some time with. Who wants to spend time with suffering? But Paul said, I want to know him him that way. Fellowship of suffering. He suffered. He suffered so you and I could have eternal life. He suffered. Paul said, I want to know that. I, I, I want to know him that way. Listen, saints, we have been given the greatest gift of eternal life, but we have been equipped with power. We've been equipped. We can operate in in the power. Operate in that power. And then he says, being conformable unto his death. We want to be like him. He was willing to, you know, when he says we're willing to die, he was willing to die so that we might live. The only way we're gonna live, and then live hereafter, we got to die to self every day. If we don't, the Bible says we got to die daily, daily. So if we don't die daily, that means we're not really living, because we have to understand <laughs> and, and understand. and listen, wait a minute, God. I want to be able to walk in the Spirit, so I won't fulfill the lust. What does that word say? The lust of the flesh. So, in order to walk in the Spirit, that means I got to ask God to help me. I got to die daily. Because we all got lust. One form or another. Amen. We got lust. And when we have lust, whether that's the flesh, or I always like to use this illustration. If I want some ice cream and I know I'm not supposed to have it because the doctor tells me I'm a diabetic, and I said, No, I'm not. Okay then if I keep thinking about it long enough, Sister Brenda, I'm going to be on my way right down at the Eagles or right at McDonald's, and I'm going to have me some ice cream. That's still lust. That's all was on my mind. It's on your mind. It's on your mind. That was on my mind. And sooner or later, I'm going on down, and I'm getting it. The next morning, I'm trying to check my sugar to see what I, done, what I have done. I'm fulfilling the lust of my flesh. We all got things that we do or utilize. To fulfill the lust of flesh. But that key thing God says. That if we walk in the spirit. We will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We need a mindset. We need a renewing of the mind. A renewing of the mind. And this thing that we holler. Oh I'm just human. That is just a human excuse. Hello. Hello. Anybody use that terminology besides me? Oh, I'm just human. Yeah, you just got through doing what you want to do. Huh? I'm just human. God says in His Word, He has given us all, all things, uh, according with and power, that work, that work within, within us, that pertaineth to life and godliness. So we have everything that we need. We have been equipped. To be able to walk in the Spirit. But to walk in the Spirit, that means there's some sacrifices that has to be made. And flesh does not like to come second to the Holy Spirit. Flesh does. That's the way it is. Alright? Now, I hope you've learned something. Yes, that's going to be a final day of resurrection. But when Christ got up, He gave us power. He said, I am the resurrection that she was waiting on later on down the road. He said, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. He said, I am the resurrection. I am that. I am the spiritual truth is what he says. I am the spiritual truth. All you got to do is renew your mind. He told remove the stone. Remove those, that, that traditional thinking, them grave clothes that man has put on us, tradition. Remove that and begin to say and do what God says. He tells us who we are here in the word of God. This is what we got to believe. Not man. God said you're wonderfully made. You're marvelous in his eyes. And he loves us so much, he's written our name on the palm of his hand. That's awesome. But there's a cost for following Christ. Are you willing to make that sacrifice to follow him? Are you willing to let them friends go? Are you willing to uh, let go of that desire of of fame and prestige and all the stuff that we call wonderful, that the world calls so much great? No. He said, I count all that as ruins because I want to know Him. I want to know Jesus Christ. That's where I want to. Then we know Him. We will discover who we are. Then man cannot tell us who we are. Because we already know who we are because of who he is. Now let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. 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 We thank and we praise God for your attention. We, we thank and praise God for that. And we just say that we love you and appreciate you. And all that you do and all that you've done and saying and being with us. But I just hope and pray that you receive something. Thought. Word for thought words for thought when you leave from this place today there's a word for thought